Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. For another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is sincerely appreciated. Plus, don't forget, Lakerholics.com, the best place to go for conversations today on the Los Angeles Lakers is Lakerholics.com. And always, the best in basketball podcasts are always available to you at HoopHeadsPod.com as part of the HoopHeads Podcast Network. Well, wouldn't you know their time away from Staples Center? The Lakers at least are off to a good note as they go in game three of this road trip. When, you know, you talk about game one, played very well in Sacramento. Game two, they stunk it up on Easter Sunday, but they came back strong today. They came back fighting. Yes, they did get in a fight, started going. Things were getting a little rough, the pushing, the shoving, whatnot. And we'll go into that as far as the ejection is concerned, whether it was just or not, because actually it wasn't. But you know what? That doesn't deter from what happened in today's game. The Lakers had a sensational first half, and they were up by as many as 32 points in the game, and they just cruised. They actually in the second half kind of turned it off. But you know what? They were too far out in front, and they end up winning 110 to 101 over the Toronto, excuse me, Tampa Raptors. And here today to talk about the game are three great guests indeed. First up, he returns to us after a long hiatus. He's been cruising the clubs in Toronto. And you knew we couldn't have a game against Toronto and a post-game recap without him because he's the man in Toronto indeed. It is the man behind all the great stuff that he's talking about at Lakerholics.com. It is our historian. It is Sean Grice, a.k.a. the Magic Man. And Magic Man you got to be pleased with today's performance, but I know there's also some things that you want to get off your chest today as well. Oh, well, thank you for allowing me to have the conch, Gerald, and uh, a belated happy search to you three gentlemen. I'm not calling you Piggy, though. I'm not calling you Piggy. No, No, with that Lord of the Flies. Anybody does that, that's, you know, that's like dead meat for you out there. So no, no, no. No, thank you, Gerald, but it is a great book, though. It It is, yes. I and the uh, the first film, the black and white film, I think that was really cool. They tried to do a remake of yep. it, and that stunk the joint up. But yes, the first film was really it captured that creepiness of the book. But getting on, get on, you know, to the uh, game in hand. But it, like I said, you got to be pleased with that first half performance from the Lakers. Absolutely pleased, Gerald. And as we speak, everybody I know in Toronto has just turned their phone off because they don't want to hear from Laker fans right now. 
It is dead silence right now in the 416. A great win. It wasn't that tricky, you know, 20, 25 point lead that can kind of slip away from you. You know, the old snatching defeat from the, the jaws of victory, so to speak. Well, they the offensive issues, they, they reared their ugly head in that second half. Oh, they did. They did. But, I mean, we, we managed to get out to that 30-point lead. The three-point shooting was excellent in the first half. It was unfortunate that Trez was ejected, but I think that was a blessing in disguise because it really rallied the guys. I mean, we were already up at that point, but they just decided to just kick the intensity up a notch. And it went from 25 to 35, and uh, I was pleased with the effort in the first half. And the defense wasn't half bad in the second half. I mean, the offense struggled too, but the defense really showed up tonight. Yes, it did. It really did. But I know before we go into the game itself and the Trez ejection and Marcus all being plan C or plan D in his recent comments, I know we want to cover that. Plus, we've got a new addition to the team that might make Laker Tom happy. I want to go ahead and talk to you, Magic Man, because you got the floor. I want you to go ahead and get this all off your chest because this is like a week you've been off and you've got like a week to go ahead and expound on this. So Jamie and I said, you know what? We need to give him the floor. So go ahead, my friend. There's actually not one, but two issues you want to go ahead and cover on both these guys. So go ahead, man. The floor is yours, man. You get to go ahead and Laker Tom expunge away. The, the, the floor is yours, man. Cool, man. Well, I just wanted to say I have a friend. He He's an orthopedic surgeon at a hospital here in uh, the Six. And uh, he's a New York transplant, so he happens to be a big Giants and Knicks fan. And he was texting me tonight that he said, and I'm I'm looking at the, the phone here. He said, hey, man, LeBron looks like Saquon did two weeks before he came back from his high ankle sprain. So for context, in 2019, Saquon Barkley suffered a horrible uh, high ankle sprain against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He was tackled awkwardly. He screamed out in pain like LeBron. You could have, you could hear it uh, if Lakers fans want to rewatch something like that. But he came back in three weeks. It was he was in a boot, and he came back in three weeks. And, and this orthopedic surgeon said, "I'm looking at LeBron. His lower body looks really comfortable. Yeah, he's he's stiff and he's limping a little bit, but his hips look solid." His lower body looks like he's comfortable, and he, he was he was moving quite comfortably, Gerald. I mean, he it wasn't like an awkward movement at all. You didn't see him grimacing. He wasn't um, showing any ill effects. I mean, the one big thing about the high ankle sprain, remember, is usually the pain threshold. I mean, I was trying to tell to, uh, Laker Tom as I was talking to him the other day on uh, on Facetime that when I had my high ankle sprain. It was very similar to what happened to him. It was a very, it was a torsion, twisting motion. And after about 14 days, the pain subsided and I felt a lot better. And I was able to move. Now, I wasn't walking like my normal gait, but after about three weeks, I was back to normal. So it, it looks like LeBron's on schedule, man. I, I would expect him back in about two weeks. I, I, I mean, he, who knows? He could be out of that boot by the weekend. 
And maybe they're talking about him playing against the Celtics on the 15th. I think that would be uh, that would be an interesting twist to fate if we could get LeBron back with the fans. And uh, who knows? The, there are rumors we might put up the, the banner. So uh, I've heard that chatter too. I'm not sure if there's any truth to it, but... Um, as far as Ben McLemore goes, I think that's a huge pickup. I well, really hold like on, that hold move. on. We'll get into Ben McLemore here in a little bit. But you said want, said you want to talk real quickly about KD and Michael Rappaport. They had a right. back and forth, which I don't know. It was not supposed to go out to the public because there was a lot of abusive and misogynistic chatter, I guess, between both of the individuals that were really demeaning. To, and we are, certainly don't condone that here at the Lakers Fast Break. And I know the NBA did fine KD $50,000. Of course, they couldn't find Michael Rappaport. But I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Jamie's laughing as I say that. But I want to hear your thoughts on on this. So we want to go ahead quickly into it because, again, I'm giving you the floor. You're catching up to with us oh, all man. at speed. So before we get into detail with the game with Jamie and Laker Tom and also Ben McLemore, I want to hear your thoughts on this And because you said you were really disturbed by all this that was going on. I was, man. I was I was really disappointed. I mean, let's be honest. Raise your hand if you haven't been to the point of anger where you said something you didn't mean later. I was very disappointed that Kevin Kevin basically it was a non-apology, non-apology about what he said or how he said it. He was upset that it leaked to the public. And Look, some of these athletes do have private conversations and 99.9% of them never get out to the public because people just enjoy the interaction person to person, or at least that's to the point of Twitter and social media is. But sometimes you run into trolls of all kinds. And unfortunately, Michael Rappaport is a troll at this point. Um, no, um, he doesn't want anyone to really talk about the fact that he's just lost his defamation suit against Barstool Sports. He doesn't get many acting roles. The stuff I've seen him in, he's been terrible. Like, you're more of an expert than me, Gerald, but it just seems like he's he's just trying to get that last... He's hanging little, on. He's yeah, hanging on. His his last drop in 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 hollywood and it you know he's trying to also portray kevin as a bad guy here and all i can say is as um someone who's older than he is at this point look we all say things we don't mean i don't think kevin durant is homophobic i don't think he's transphobic i don't think there's a prejudice bone in his body. I don't think he meant what he said. It was in anger, and we all say things in anger we don't mean, and I don't want him to be portrayed as a villain here because he's really not a bad person. He isn't. I, I've, I've been to a few games at the ACC where he's interacted with fans of all types, gay, straight, men, woman, black, brown, white, it didn't matter. And I haven't been to any Nets games, but I'm I'm imagining he's the same way he is as he was in Golden State and in OKC. And, 
And I think we're getting too caught in the cancel culture at this point. And I think we need to pump the brakes. Well, I'm, I'm going to go hit back on you because, you know, he does have a history of social media going back against people who and just not turning off the chatter, so to speak. I think sometimes when you're at that level, you just need to turn off the chatter from what people say. But he does get a little bit sensitive to what people say. Remember, he has those burner accounts uh, that he was famous for. I mean, when you're his stature and his greatness and his level of play that he, he can give to you, which, again, at one you. time, I'm going to say right now, he was the best player in the world. That finals where he outdid LeBron, he was for a brief time the best player on the planet. And uh, I won't dis, you know, nobody can dissuade me from that. You know, he's not right now. He's just getting back in the lineup and whatnot. But again, those comments that he made, it doesn't matter how mad you get there's still comments that you made they came from you so they must have come from some part of you so i'm hoping that he will get uh, that he'll learn from this and he'll grow from this and that the nba will work with him to try and become a better person going forward but again there's there's like, no room for for any hate speech of that nature and and i'm hopeful that he will find a bit of clarity going forward and he'll become a better person from something that happened like this but and- and and Go for ahead. the record, for the record, unfortunately, I, I mean, almost 10 years ago to the day, it'll be April 13, 2011, Kobe Bryant was fined $100,000 for making a homophobic slur himself. And yeah. I'll say this, Kobe used that word in the context of what a lot of people sitting in their living room would say to somebody who you know who they think is acting foolishly or inappropriately and again it was used in the wrong context i believe he apologized for it yeah he did regretful yeah he was regretful about it so he was fined twice as much as myers leonard who made an anti-semitic slur and now kd who's made these you know homophobic and misogynistic comments yeah, there's no even barometer. If you're looking for an even barometer, no. it's, it's not going to happen. But uh, again, no. that's something the it's... NBA has to go ahead and check itself on. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers did win 110 to 101. And Jamie, I am I know he can't he can't wait, Jamie. So I'm gonna have to go ahead and put him on. He is the mastermind of Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. So go ahead, Laker Tom. Before we get into the win, I know you want to go ahead and, and just say something in context, what we're talking about with the KD Michael Rappaport thing, what Sean just talked about right now. 
Yeah, I don't know whether it's because I'm in a combative mood, as Mrs. Laker Tom accused me of today. But um, thanks for showing up on the podcast today. I'm, I'm, I'm checking on it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But this is one of the issues that really irritates me. And I have to say that all of these people who complain about cancel culture really are complaining about everybody having a conscience for a change. And uh, I happen to believe that, for example, 10 years ago is not the day. And Kevin Durant should have learned a lot in the last 10 years that I'm sure Kobe Bryant learned. And we've all, just like Sean said, we've all said various things at various times. I grew up in an atmosphere in Southern Wisconsin where I never even met a gay person until I moved to California. And I can remember comments that young kids would make and so forth at that point in time. But one of the things that I think is one of the turning points in our society is that we are seeing people all of a sudden taking interest in social justice, in in LGB, just basically in everybody being allowed to be themselves and being respected for what they are, what they believe, and not being turned into enemies, if you will, for those things. So I think that it's it's really important and I'm happy to see I'm happy to see Major League Baseball take a stand. I'm happy to see Coca-Cola take a stand. I'm happy to see Delta Airlines take a stand. I'm happy to see all of these companies show some conscience rather than just chasing the raw dollar. And as far as I'm concerned, cancel culture is like fake news. It's just nothing more than a token, a verbal token being put on by people who want to hang on to a racist America where the only people that counted were straight, white men. And uh, I'll leave it at that. We can be better and we should be better as a culture and as a species towards each other. And this is my hope for my children and future generations going forward. Jamie, you want to go ahead and chime in? Because, you know, we're off the rails already on this episode. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the Wednesday show. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> no, we're just, recording on Tuesday just to let everybody know. No, I know, I know. I just, I just, I, I, know, I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I think there are valid points on both sides, right? I agree with Tom on the surface that the, the phrase cancel culture is akin to the phrase fake news. But there, in all things, there is a kernel of truth, right? Like it, these things don't aren't just born out of like the mists of time and thrown into the ether. Like the Kobe Bryant example is a perfect one. Kobe Bryant was given a chance to learn. And Kevin Durant, I would argue, has been given a chance to learn that he is not taken advantage of. You know, the burner accounts, the the fact that he was playing in the league when Kobe got fined. This is for, for Kevin Durant playing on a team with Steph Curry, who's, you know, who's incredibly, you know, open-minded and supportive of, of alternative lifestyles, for lack of a better word. I mean, let's just call all of it an alternative lifestyle, right? Like how you live is not how I live. It's not how he lives. It's not how she lives. It's not how they live. It's not how we live. Everybody lives their life. And what cancel culture, I think, is alluding to that I agree that I agree with the phrase is the idea that you can't just like legislate or socially berate bad behavior out of society. You have to at some point engage the bad behavior on its level and try to raise it up. We only float as high as low as the water is, right? We're only going to float as high as the lowest point in the water. So if the water's low, the boat's going to be low too. It doesn't matter how many people want the boat to go up. You got to raise the water before the boat can float on a, on on the high sea. So I think that 
if once you've once somebody has been given multiple chances to learn something, that's when they should be you know f- cast out from from the you know the halls of of splendor. You know, like you know, like Louis C.K. is a good example. Like, has would anybody here say that Louis C.K. deserves to never be a stand-up comedian again, or that perhaps there's some pathway? to which people can learn a lesson where they didn't really necessarily know at the time how terrible their behavior was. And, and I certainly don't know the answer to this. I'm not trying to put myself forward as like a judge of, 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 men, of men. I feel that there does have to be a mechanism or the space in which a lesson can be learned. And I think that that goes for a lot of things. I think that goes for the Slaker team. I think that goes for, you know, Michael Rappaport, who I don't find to be interesting in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I, if, if he were to decide to uh, join one of the manned missions to Mars and, and leave Earth, I probably would not even realize he was gone. But does that also mean that there isn't space on planet Earth for Michael Rappaport? Of course there is. It's a big planet, and we should all have... We should all look at within ourselves to find the bigger heart that we have and not the smaller heart. Having said that, when somebody has proved okay. inconclusively that they're not learning a lesson, that they are they're they're doomed to repeat their mistakes over and over and over, like an alcoholic or a drug addict or you know a a a, a, a bigot or, or a racist. Not all of them, but a lot of them at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, it gets to the point, you know, there's been a lot of interesting documentaries and there was, you know, on, on the circus, there was a really interesting episode where it was like, there was a lawyer who was like, this kid's life is going to be destroyed because he took part, like he ha- he got this mob mentality during the Capitol riots. And like, this kid's like 18, like he just turned 18. And now he's like facing like federal prosecution charges for being, you know, for, you know, essentially for being a terrorist. And do I think this kid is an idiot for being there at the Capitol? Yes, 100%. But like, at the same time, there must be a mechanism. And this is what jail is for. This is why I don't like it when early sentences are given out to, this is one of my issues with the criminal justice. You know, white sentencing is far more lenient than sentencing of people of color and things of that nature. And so it's it's so hard to find true justice in this world because humans are so flawed, <laughs> you know? And so as long as we are flawed, which will be for forever, then there will always be these moments in our society where, you know, the, the people who have been wronged or who, feel, who are feeling pain or experiencing injustice will look to the people who are not and see a chasm. And it's how do we bridge that chasm in a way that isn't just like, well, now we're doing this because that doesn't work. That doesn't bring people with you. That does the opposite and kind of leaves some people behind. And now you've created a different chasm. You know, there, in some ways, I have a life philosophy that I adhere to and will probably adhere to the day I die, which is there is no winning in life. In sport, there's winning. That's why we like it. It ends, somebody won, and that's exciting for us because in life, there is no winning. You get to wake up and do it again tomorrow. That's the best it gets. And so hopefully you had a good day and you get another good day tomorrow. But if you don't, you know, you got to push through. You got to push through and soldier on and, and find a way. So I don't really think KD has learned his lesson. So I have lost a lot of respect for KD in this moment. It's always funny to me when somebody says something like, oh, oh well, that wasn't supposed to be out in public. But that doesn't change the fact that you still think and said it and feel that way. That doesn't change who you are. The fact that I heard it, <laughs> you know, if if Kevin Durant tweets homophobic and transphobic tweets in the woods and nobody's around, did he still do it? Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, the tree fell. Like all of these things are true. So, you know, I really could give 
two ducks about uh, Michael Rappaport. I, uh, I, he gets, he gets, he's a two quacker for me. Uh, quack, quack, and well, okay, well, and, and again, this <laughs> so is the there, I apologize. podcast. No worries, we're all going off on a tangent. This podcast has gone totally off the rails. No, but uh, I hope you're I, enjoying I, us. Go ahead, Sean, real quick, because we want to get back to all the game stuff. So I know I'm sure that's what most of the listeners want. But go ahead, my friend. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, Gerald. And just to sum it up, I thought I thought Jamie ended it well. I mean, once you cross that line, you cross that line. There's no delineation of you cross 10 feet over the line, 20 feet over the line. Once you cross the red line, you cross it. Let's try being better to ourselves and each other each and every day. And if we can, I think that makes a little bit better world for all of us. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Be excellent to one another. Yeah, there but you, you keep go. turning your cheek. You keep turning your cheek and ignoring the rhetoric that's coming out of the other side. Can't do it. And that rhetoric is setting a new standard that is allowing people like Kevin Durant to think that he can speak out the way he can. That a cop yeah. can lean on a guy for nine minutes. Well, as long as they keep on just all of these various things are enabled. Right. The 50,000 is just pocket change for him. I mean, that's, that's something joke. he might spend at a dinner on a Monday night. So yeah, we don't it's know the that. anguish you'll get from being tortured on Twitter. That's hopefully the best that we can do for totally. him. Totally. So, so back on the farm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, again, back on the farm, indeed. Once again, it is the for the fifth time, the Lakers Fast Break podcast. We truly appreciate it. The Lakers, once again, they win. 110 to 101 over the Toronto slash Tampa Raptors. It was very nice. They pulled out to that lead. Laker Tom, I would talk to you first about this. And well, actually, I think I spoke way long time ago. I think I spoke to Magic Man about this, but long time ago I did. But now I'm going to talk to you, Laker Tom. Uh, you've got to be pleased with what you saw in that first half from what we saw with the Los Angeles Lakers. I was happy to see him shoot 43s. Yeah. I was happy to see him sign. A three-point volume shooter. Well, hold on. We'll get to that in you a know? second. Okay. Um, what about the game? The game. The game? The game is the same as we thought it was going to be. I predicted before the game that this would be a blowout for the Lakers. And the reason is very simple, because they met an opponent that didn't intimidate them. But the minute they get an opponent who intimidates them, they fall apart. And they can't, they can't deliver. And that's the big problem of the supporting cast that we've put around LeBron and AD. Um, they just do not have the confidence or ability or skill sets to overcome other superstars. And we're going to see that trend over the next three or four games. You know, when we have a tough matchup and the other team's got a superstar, these guys can't cut it. If we play the Kings or a depleted Raptors right. team in in what used to be, you know, I mean, I'm not afraid anymore of Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar is is obsolete at this <laughs> point in time because this team loves this team loves the trap games because the trap this, game this means season, yeah. they got a chance, and as long as they got a chance, they got a pulse. The problem is when they don't have a chance. When they play the Nets, they play the Jazz, they play a tough team that has superstars. That then they don't have a pulse. Then they choke. And you'll see it in the in the way it starts is the first few minutes of each one of those games. We've seen that same pattern over and over all year long, even at times with LeBron and AD. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's a serious problem. Well, right now, it, the, the Austin just enjoy the win. 
just enjoying the win. Jamie, your There's thoughts no on that first half. The second <laughs> half, again, they, they turned off, they took their foot off the pedal, and obviously they didn't yeah. sustain it. Uh, but no. again, that was they were still so far out in front. It's great to see a team that I had no idea would actually or could generate enough offense to be 32, 33 points up, but they managed to do so in that first half. What was really the factor for you in that first half and why they were so successful? I thought they were doing a great job moving the ball. I thought they were playing with energy. I think that those two things of what are this, this team, the, the pro, I mean, I mean, it's not that Laker Tom was wrong. It's just that you, you can't just gloss over the fact that you are missing two superstars. There's, 40 some odd points. I think that's 47 points that are out of the lineup. Uh, double digit rebounds, double digit assists, you know, up to probably almost five steals and blocks combined. You know, all of these things, the salary of the two players, they, 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 they've, they've taken up all of our chat. Like, so the fact that all of that resource is unavailable can't just be like, and these other guys are terrible. Like these other guys were never assembled to lead a team without LeBron and AD. Like it just, that was that a bad choice? That will be debated at the end of the season. I thought it was a bad choice. I thought one of the strengths of last season's team was that all of the role players had NBA finals, if not tremendous amounts of playoff experience or had been upper echelon NBA talents in their respective fields. Uh, sure, Dwight Howard hadn't had a lot of playoff success, but he was all NBA defense and defensive player of the year. Uh, Rondo, NBA Finals, one. Uh, Bradley, God of the Planet. Like all of this, uh, all of these things matter. And so when we switched from a defense high IQ team to an offensive, you got to prove it in the league still team. This is, I think, kind of what you're gonna get. So I, I won't be surprised if all of these guys aren't here next summer. That's a dis- discussion for later. Uh, in this win, I thought this was. Maybe Marcus All's best or second best game as a Laker. He came not out too bad for a Plan C or Plan D. Definitely not. No, I thought I thought Mark tonight was the first game. I thought that Marcus All showed up saying, "I want to be the starter." Not "Oh, woe is me, what happened to my life?" But I should be the starter. And if he had been playing like this all year, nobody would be talking. We might not have even gotten Dre. You know what I mean? Like, but he didn't play like this all year, so that's on him. You know, that's one of the things that. He, he could have controlled, right? He could have come out with a lot more fire. Granted, he caught COVID, that, you know, but that's what the league is. That's how the league is this year. So you can't really he use caught that as COVID, he was, he, we were having. Even before, exactly. Before he caught COVID, he was, a very, he was very disappointed. So Caruso tonight, I was like, where has this Caruso been for the last, like, month, month and a half? Like, same with even THT. I thought, you know, when THT plays under control, it's just a joy to watch. And, and he makes a huge impact on the game, a huge positive impact. So those are the things that I took away from this game is that like the, the effort guys always need to bring the effort because if you're not playing with the effort, you're not bringing your best attribute. Caruso's best attribute isn't shooting threes. His best attribute isn't like he got a great handle. It's that he plays at 110% every possession, all possession long, especially on defense. And then the rest of it falls into place where it should. I mean, if you were to tell me the Lakers were going to be so big up in a game that Kyle Kuzma shot three for 13, two for 11 from three without LeBron and AD, I would tell you you were crazy, that there's no way it could happen. The fact that it did happen, even against a team as undermanned uh, and, and outgunned as the Raptors were tonight, I think is something these guys can hopefully try to build off of. I don't think this changes any of my predictions for the amount of games they'll win on this road trip, but... <laughs> All I need to see at this point, you know, we're like about three and a half, almost about four, three to four weeks before the end of the season. 
If that two-week time table for LeBron holds up, that means he would come back before the Dallas series, which would be incredible and great for the NBA. <laughs> and, we're only two games up on them in the loss column. Right. Oh, no, that would be – that's kind of like yeah. if you're going to come back and try to save what seating we have, that, that is the last possible chance. Because if we go – if we drop two in a row to the Mavericks – we're going to be buried in the standings at that point. And there won't be any hope of pulling ourselves out because there'll just be too few games in the to do it. So get you know, ready I, for a LeBron Curry play-in game. Oh man. Be. Oh man. I don't want to see that. I, I mean, I do, but I, I, I do as a basketball enjoy uh, your basketball, but not as a Laker fan, <laughs> but uh, I digress. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout. But we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Sean has been twirling his mustache. If he I know, I love this. I love this. Filling this mustache and, you know, masking, you know, coming up a with a master plan here. I know you had something to say, Sean, so go ahead, my friend, quickly, because we're going to go ahead and touch on Trez here next. So I'm going with a prediction here. I believe Nikolo Jokic will win the MVP. I think the Nuggets... I think the Nuggets stay in the fourth seed. Looking at the schedule, I'm I was really pessimistic. I actually think we backslide into the fifth seed, eliminate the Nuggets in seven games in the first round of the NBA playoffs. I think the Nuggets who are really on a roll right now, I think they're gonna sneak up a little bit higher personally. I think they're playing very well. I mean, with that lineup with Aaron Gordon, you know, that they proved me wrong so far. I mean, Aaron Gordon, I was kind of down on that trade. I was on one of the naysayers of that trade, but he, they proved me wrong because they've been incredible with that lineup. Their plus minus is I think, outstanding. I, so. I think if you're the Clippers and Suns at this point, you're looking at being the two and the three seed because yeah. you really don't want to see the Lakers. And if the Lakers backslide into that fifth uh, or sixth slot and you get bracketed with them, that, that's a very ten. Like, remember, Gerald, as the historian on the panel, if there's going to be an oddity this year of seedings, it's going to be this year. The Rockets did it, Celtics did it. So if the Laker, if somebody's going to do it this year, it's going to be the Lakers. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm very still optimistic regarding the Los Angeles Lakers, and we'll see what happens with them going forward. They've already won Jamie's allotment of one game during the rest of this road trip that he had already predicted. 
Uh, they're still halfway through on mine because I predicted two, but Laker Tom predicted three mm-hmm. that they would win out of the next five games. No, you oh, said four. You said five. three. You said three. three. I said four of the seven games. Four and but three for the Wolves. Okay, no, but I said we were. Our question was on yeah. Sunday: How much do you think they would win? Yeah, I for still the think they'll game? win three. Okay, so that would make it four. Okay, but anyways, I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on this, and that is Trez Montrez Harrell, who two minutes in, and now get this: it, there was a, it wasn't a, it was a breakaway foul that where it was when OG Ananobi put up the shot. Dennis Schroeder came up from behind, tried to wrap him up. You've seen this before. Tried to wrap him up. And unfortunately, didn't quite do it well enough. And then it got to the point where they got it crossed up and whatnot. And, you know, Schroeder was just trying to hold him and say, you know what? I don't want to hurt you or anything like that. And oh, for some reason, OG took it the wrong way. And Dennis tried Schroeder to body slam in the second him. row. Yeah, he tried, to, well, he tried to flip him into the second row, basically. And then Montrez Harold came in the middle of the kerfuffle that always happens where everybody pushes and shoves. Gives one slight push from behind. Okay, maybe I won't say slight, but one push from behind. Then just tries to be a peacemaker, and he's thrown out of the game. Your thoughts on this? Because I thought it was totally unwarranted. Uh, tech, throw some texts out. That would be great, but nobody should have been ejected for that. I mean, maybe you yeah, see that happen. I don't know. I I differ. You know, you lose your cool like that, and you go in and be the first guy who instigates a fight after there's a, a an incident. You're going to get thrown. They don't like to unbalance the game. They don't refs don't want to affect the game. And no, they 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 didn't and, affect and the he, game. But he yeah, came in right. aggressively and pushed. Yeah, they, um, they, they you know, they it's up. funny. I, I saw the play differently than everybody else, I guess. I saw that that uh that Dennis actually made a pretty good attempt at blocking that shot. And well, then he tried to, to wrap catch him. Up. He tried to catch him and not let him fall. Yeah. And then Ananobi's decided, well, I'm going to body slam this sucker for doing that. Because he kept holding on to OG Ananobi. And I think that's what OG He was just trying not to let him fall down. Yeah. And then, you know, and then then Trez came in and did what's always going to get you kicked out of a game, man. Third guy. guy It's it's the second guy who punches somebody in a fight. And it's the first guy who comes in to intercede in in a conflict that always gets tagged for that. Got pushed. He did. He did one push from behind, and that was it. Then he just had, one push like that is all you need. All you yeah. need, I guess, in today's NBA. But Jamie, did you have any thoughts on Montrez uh, Harold? Do you think it was justified? You know, uh, it's so funny. I, I, I don't know. No. I mean, those are moments that uh, somebody's going to get thrown, right? Like once the benches kind of are all like, what? Once you have a bench clearing ball in the NBA, it's a bona fide guarantee. Two players. I would have given guys a flagrant, but I wouldn't have thrown them out. I, I think at that point, you know, there's there's just they always throw two guys out. There's yeah, always they, I, they always they just it's it's uh, like all right, all right, maybe not always, maybe not always, but like ninety percent of the time. I just want to say one thing and then and then okay, hold on one second, wait a second. The only thing I want to say is what I liked about that play is that for all the talk of like what Lakers gonna get what payday and these guys aren't gonna be on the team anymore and all that sort of stuff. To see this group of guys standing up for one another like that is something that I – there were a lot of positives to take away from this game. I know it was against a bottom – you know, we beat up on a catfish, and that's fine. We should have beat up on the cat – we should have beat up on the catfish. You know, the catfish is a slow-moving fish at the bottom of the river, and it, we got it, and we should have. And had we not, that would have been terrible. But to see Trez standing up for Schroeder, two guys who – Probably won't be teammates next season. But let's be honest. Yeah, two guys who yeah. won't be on the Lakers. And to, right, two guys who have a very good chance of not being on the Lakers at this point. To see them like be there for one another, see the team come around, all that, and like it fired the team up. 
those are the things that this team needs. This team needed something like this. Now, the momentum sputtered in the second half. Toronto played a little bit better, I thought, in the second half as well. You know, our defense, I didn't think was as... 70% from three. We didn't shoot 70% from three in the second half. All of those things contributed to the lead slipping, but we didn't lose. I mean, it really didn't get under double digits until the last, like, minute or so of garbage time. You know, it was a double-digit, you know, near. I think near wire-to-wire lead. I don't know that if they had been 2-0 at one point or whatever. But for the most part, a wire-to-wire win, that's what I thought was good about it. Now, I never like to see guys fighting. I'm always like, come on, guys. You're all millionaires. We know there's not going to be any punches thrown. We know you're all going to go hang out at the club. Did any Lakers leave the bench? No, no. But they all stood up and, like, I mean, they kind of congregated around the back near the, you know, that whole bench leaving role has been – more lax in the last few years, I feel like. They don't mind if guys – because remember, it used to be like, you know, the assistant coaches would form a wall to keep anybody from setting one inch on the court, and they don't do that anymore. You'll see, like, one guy – Yes, the players left, then they'd have to call the game. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, especially for Toronto. Uh, Anyway, Magic Man called timeout. Timeout, Magic Man. Go ahead, Magic Man. Yeah, I was just going to say, Tom said two guys always get thrown out. Like, Tom, I seen – I seem to remember that May game between the LA Lakers and New York Knicks in which one Chris Childs decided to put five across Kobe Bryant's chops. And I seem to be only remember Chris Childs being ejected because if I'm not mistaken, Kobe Kobe roasted the Knicks after that. You notice they rarely throw out LeBron James. Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, players like that. There's a double standard to getting ejected oh, yeah. out of the game in those oh, situations. Yeah. Right. When Chris Paul and uh, Rajon Rondo got into it a couple years back, when Rondo was a Laker before, like right LeBron's first season, right? Didn't they throw Rondo out but not CP3? Didn't yep. CP3 finish yep. the game? Yeah. And he was essentially the instigator with all of his, like, you know, forearm shivers right. to Rondo the whole game. Like, like I'm better than you, Rondo. I'm better than you. <laughs> you might not be. You might well, not be there, uh, point guy. And there's going to be some fines going away. Hopefully, the league oh, will yeah. go ahead and rescind a couple of those technicals, especially for Montres Harrell. Because I think he deserved one, Please. but I don't think he deserved to be kicked out. But that's beside the point. The Lakers did go ahead and use that as you know a continuance of their fighting spirit through the rest of the first half, and they played extremely well. But it was a good day around for the Lakers even before the game because they signed. Ben McLemore, who was recently waived by the Houston Rockets. And if you're familiar with Ben McLemore, he was drafted by the Kings, top 10 pick, has been, what was it kind of a disappointment for them, even though he is a guy that's, what, 6'5", I think, uh, on the wing, loves to shoot the three-pointer. Yeah, last year under Mike D'Antoni, you know, he he was revived from the dead, basically, Mm -hmm. because he had a a great season, 10 points a game, 40% shooting from the three-point area which are the kind of numbers you need. But this is something that I think Laker Tom likes. It's the fact that he was looking for a wing that could shoot and loves to shoot and loves to shoot a lot from behind the arc and who can get hot behind the arc if given the chance. He's not been given much of a chance this year because Houston's been going in a different direction. So the necessity in him being waived was there apparently because, again, he was riding the end of their bench because he really wasn't getting the opportunity because he's – one of those veterans that they already seen those days are come and gone for him for the Houston Rockets. But I think he still can do something for the Lakers. Don't you, Laker Tom? Yeah, I really like the move. I think it's like the first positive sign that I've seen 
since we fired Byron Scott that the Lakers actually do like three-point shooting. <laughs> you know, I've said we've been haunted by the ghost of Byron well, Scott for on. years. There was those two awful trades in theory that we had, and they got Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock and then also Mike Muscala, who were supposed three-point uh, sharpshooters who have Troy, been three-point Troy Daniels, we drafted well, Mo Wagner. Yeah, like, well, all of these guys are supposed to be the well, renaissance. None of, them were, none of them were guys who'd take seven, eight, nine three-point shots per game all the time. And, and what we've seen, what we've seen in the Lakers is we've got two guys shooting close to forty percent in in Alex and Alex Caruso and Contavious Caldwell Pope, and both of them essentially refuse to shoot threes most games because they don't want to go below forty percent. They're hanging on, hoping to make it to the end of the year with a forty percent year of shooting three point shots. But so they turn down the they turn down shots left and right. And the one thing about Mclemore. Um, for 36 minutes, he takes 10 threes per game. So he's not going to hesitate to fire the ball and let it fly when he has an open shot. And we need volume three-point shooters. It's an illusion to think that you can shoot 40 threes per game with this crew and have anything close to a reasonable percentage because the game doesn't work that way. It's You have to shoot the, you have to take the threes to make them. And you need guys who are used to shooting volume three-point shots. It's the biggest reason why I was really disappointed that we didn't go through with the Kyle Lowry trade. He's 7.7 threes per game at, at 38%, you know, and we need guys like that. You see that ball passing around there, around the, around the horn in our games, and it's almost always somebody who has a good shot who passes it on. Um, yeah. So this was a good move. This is a, a good recognition by the front office at last that what we need right now is not more rim protection. What we need right now is not a wing defender. What we need right now is a guy who's willing and able to make threes and to make a high volume of them. We can't go into the playoffs. And I mean, last year we got fortunate because LeBron and AD shot lights out from three. And KCP did. We ended up taking 34 threes per game. We're, we're averaging like 28, 29 now. We get into the playoffs and you try to up it up. You try to up that number with guys who aren't used to doing it. And it's very difficult to do. You need guys that, are, that have made a career out of taking a high volume number of threes. And if you go and look at the NBA rankings for players, on NBA.com and you sort by three-point attempts, you will see that all of the guys that are shooting over seven, eight threes per game are all shooting them at high clips. They're all good shooters because no coach is going to allow, no general manager is going to allow guys to fire away seven, eight, nine times a game unless they're really making their shots. We need somebody like that. Now, getting Ben off of the buyout market is not like getting Steph Curry or, or Lonzo Ball or, or Kyle Lowry or somebody who's a proven player. Uh, his defense is terrible. He's streaky as heck. This year he's shooting terrible. He's averaging, I think, 25% or something like that from threes versus 40% oh, yeah. last year. So, you know, it's, I think what... but it's, the right, it's the right move for the 15th player on the team at this point in time. Sean, go ahead. I think what it does, though, it gives uh, until the two-headed monster comes back, it gives the rotation some ebb and flow. I mean, aside from his shooting, 
we're talking about a player here whose father was a coach and speaking from experience guys who get to this level whose fathers are coaches are very smart basketball players macklemore can play the point i would trust ben macklemore now at the point more than alex caruso i mean he's played the point guard position in the nba Alex barely played the point guard position at Texas A&M, and he's barely played it in the NBA. So I think it gives a natural ebb and flow to the rotation from an offensive perspective. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, it's something that we'll wait and see as far as how that works out, but I'm just glad to have some type of firepower that could possibly be coming off the bench. Jamie, I want your final thoughts on Ben McLemore, but I want to go ahead and and preface it with this. He is an individual who's on the back end of his career, quite possibly, and could be playing for his NBA life and the fact that he may not get another opportunity. So this is his opportunity to go ahead and shine. Because if he doesn't, he may not get picked up again for next season by any team. So right now, a lot of the eyes are on Ben McLemore to see if he can still produce at a high level in the NBA. I mean, a lot of guys, it comes down to situation. You know, I think Baker Tom was astute when he said he had his best season under Dan Tony. Dan Tony, with his rooting, tooting, shooting offense, is going to say, Ben, that was not a bad shot. Great shot, Ben. Great shot. <laughs> Frank, on the other hand, is going to be like, Ben, you blew three defensive assignments on one possession. You're sitting down. That's the difference is, is in the identity of the team. Ben's only 28. I guess that's old by NBA standards, but I, I think that he's probably got another two seasons in him. I'm, I'm sure some team would. Some people will pick him up. I mean, because you're already riding the bench. You got waived by one team in Sacramento. You got waived by another in Houston. I mean, Who hasn't he's been running out of chance. I was going to say, season. first off, let's 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 Everybody's been picked up. Let's not let's not accuse Sacramento of making a good decision here. When was the last time Sacramento made a good personnel decision with their I'm roster? Saying I'm, they made a good decision. I'm, about I'm just Howard saying that he is, you can only be waived so many times. I mean, I disagree with that too. I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, and that there's that there's a stick model of being waived. But like, let's be real. Sacramento is not a brain trust. Houston is in the middle of a rebuild, and they want to give other guys a chance to shine. And they're saying, Ben, go get on a team and. I think the more egregious thing would if he had gotten waived and not been picked up. Then I would say, you know, next season, if he'd gotten a roster invite that he's fighting for his NBA life, he's got a chance to make a couple of clutch baskets on the Los Angeles Lakers in the playoffs. So I, I, I think he found a pretty decent situation, all things considered. Does that mean he's going to get a huge payday next season? Probably not. I think he won't make any more than, you know, I'll bet Caruso makes more than him after next season, which, you know, will be, will be interesting. I believe he is playing for his NBA career going forward. 
I mean, at least for a role that he probably thinks he deserves. Know, last a long time. Look at Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Dedman. I mean, in the buyout uh, market that you never thought would ever yeah, see look, again. Look where Isaiah he has Thomas to, to get back here. You look Isaiah Thomas is right. Isaiah Thomas has worked incredibly hard to make it back to the NBA, and I couldn't be happier for him. He was on the Lakers, actually. I don't. He, I don't see him as having a role yeah. on the Lakers. But this is the other thing. With, in terms of shooting. Does he play the Boston Celtics this year? I don't have the schedule in front of me. Does he oh, I don't play know. the Celtics? I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll look it up here in a second. But one last thing on Ben Lackamore. We should that, talk about the Celtics game and, and the fact that AD is now scheduled to possibly play in that game. Well, that's all exciting. But Ben Lackamore's not going to get 28 minutes on this team. He's going to get 15, 20 minutes. He might get 28 at- minutes in one game. If he's hot. <laughs> not, maybe not even then. I mean, Wes Matthews has been hot, and I don't think he's averaged over 20 minutes in any contest. Because our guys don't stay hot for the whole game. That's the problem. Well, also, Frank isn't the coach to leave you in. Frank isn't well, the coach to leave you in. He sticks with his rotations, and he sticks with those rotations. He's leave you in to close the game if you're really playing great. He's done yeah, that. Yeah, but if, if like, I, I've seen Kuz go, like, four for four, you know, can a bunch of threes, make shots, and then at the seven-minute mark in the first quarter – he sits down and he doesn't come in for like an eight, played for like great eight years. On, on Pascal Siakam tonight. No, I agree. He, but, really, and he really made Siakam work for everything he got. And that's what will get Ben Lackamore for time. If he can like hold up his end of the bargain on defense and make some or shots. Or we can cover up for him enough and he hits a lot of threes. Well, again, it's, it is Ben Lackamore coming to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. I look forward okay. to see him. I most likely will be saying that he's going to probably start playing for the team. He has to go through health and safety protocols and things of that nature. So I look forward to his arrival for the team. But guys, it's been a great episode. We've hit the gambit on subjects all over more than I expected. We jumped the shark more than once as we open the doors. Yeah, I opened <laughs> the doors. But you know what? I want. I was just so glad to have Sean back, and I know he had a lot to talk about. So I wanted to make sure he went ahead. You know, we jumped the shark. More than once on an episode, let it be this one because the Lakers did win 110 to 101. But guys, got just a few minutes left so we can hit the hour. Wanted to go ahead and say, you know what? We've got a lot of things in store for everyone out there at Lakerholics.com. Jamie, I know you've got five things in store for people. What do you have in store for them at Lakerholics.com? Well, I'm actually working on a Ben McElmore, Alex Caruso uh, assist comparison because in more seasons in the NBA, Ben McElmore's highest assist total was 1.7 and Caruso's, all of his seasons are higher. Five great things is coming up, man. And they will be five great or at least optimistic things. Thinking that we could get both AD and LeBron back with this team. I'm hopeful that Dre shows up here in the next game or so. It'll be interesting to see how all of that impacts the guys on the roster uh, and just, you know, now that the roster's full, I, I, there's a lot less to talk about. You know, the, one of the last points of debate was who gets 15. And so that uh, has now been settled. Who gets cut? Who gets what? Who gets cut? Well, that's not till the summer, man. We, we got a whole slew of basketball games played before that. Tom is constantly forwarding through the season so that he can get the trading guys. Like, know, yeah, these yeah. NBA this playoffs is- are great. And we want a banner or whatever, but can we start trading people yet? Can't, uh, Go ahead, John. Can't your, yeah, can't your Dudley replace uh, Elmer Fudd in Space Jam 2? Wouldn't that be our, our best? <laughs> I like the trailer. I'm looking forward to seeing the yeah, new I thought Space the trailer Jam, was cool. Especially the fact that I can see it from my own home in HBO Max. I'm looking forward to that. But 
Sean, I know you're working on some great things as well for Lakerholics.com. What you got, my friend? Thank you for uh, making a comment. It, it, the trailer did look cool. I'm I'm writing a piece right now. Obviously, people are just going to make the comparisons between uh, MJ and LeBron's versions. I mean, it is true. Michael had Newman, and he had Bugs Bunny, and LeBron's <clears throat> recruiting Gandalf and King Kong. So we're, we're just going to see where this goes. But LeBron is the greatest recruiter in NBA history, and he has the title of being the greatest recruiter in um, – animation history and it's because everybody wants to play with him yeah well not everybody Kawhi didn't but that's another Kawhi story didn't. altogether Paul george didn't yeah exactly but laker tom you've got a lot of great things going on at lakerholics.com so let us know you gotta be at least i know you feel ornery today extra ornery that's what the mrs laker tom said you know you've got that little uh, fighting spirit out there for you but how can you apply that to everything that you're doing at lakerholics.com well, I'm trying to figure out how to do that, Gerald. Uh, you know, I, what's really fascinating for me is April 15th. I mean, historically. Well, it's not taxes, that's for sure. You know, historically, <laughs> April 15th is when we had to pay our taxes. Well, this year, because of COVID, they've moved that to like May 17th. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's a couple of things that are kind of interesting also about April 15th. Isn't that the first day that the Lakers may be able to have fans in the stands? Yes, that's uh, right around yeah. April 15th. And there was right just an article out that Anthony Davis is possibly scheduled to come back that game. And then you brought up a rumors in here today that LeBron James might actually be ready to play on April 15th. I think it's going to be delayed on that. I, well, I, I, I think, I, that, I think that sounds like... Just, just look at Just don't empty the glass so soon. Gerald. I'm trying hey, to fill it up right now. Go ahead. Fill it up the punching Gerald, a hole in the bottom Gerald, of the glass. April 15th could turn out to be Gerald, a if, grand homecoming day for the Los Angeles Lakers. If LeBron has the boot removed on the weekend, would okay. you say there's a good possibility he's planning on coming back on the 15th? He misses the fans. He misses the fans. You don't I'm, think that he would love nine days from now. He would love to come back. Yeah, I'm using that Laker Tom reverse psychology there for you. So I'm definitely saying no. Definitely <laughs> you cannot saying excuse no. negativity by claiming reverse psychology. I'm using that. that is last episode, you use that reverse psychology. So I'm using that. Definitely <laughs> saying no. no. Yeah, no. Absolutely not. No. Listen, first off, thing. first off, if everything we take that was said on the podcast today is gospel truth, that the uh, orthopedic surgeon who happened to see LeBron getting some work in in the great city of New York thinks he's roughly two weeks away, that would actually be about five days after the fifteenth. Unfortunately, much closer to the twenty-second. We have a game on the eighteenth or the nineteenth. I want to say so that would put us be a day or two before we play Dallas. LeBron, we well, yeah, they want him, but I, they, I'd rather he be ready. The playoffs. I think it's going to be a month. I think the 19th or the 21st, 22nd against the Mavs. I'm with you. I'm, I'm sticking with time my time. thing, and Kareem Abdul Jabbar is going to come out of retirement on the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. Wait, why would you want to read? Don't you want Okay, this is this is jump off the ship. That's a fancy moment, right? All right, all right. Oh no, wait. The only player Laker Tom should hope is coming out of retirement is Byron Scott because he can shoot the three. So I'll tell you what he's a ghost already of Space Jam and Porky Pig there. But that's all folks. You know what? It is the Lakers 110 to 101 over the Toronto Raptors. Great performances today from Marcus Saul, Plan C, Plan D, whatever you say. 13 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and four block shots. THT led the game with 17 points. Overall, it was a good victory. Excellent first half for the team. I'm hoping for good things to continue this week, but we will see as there's a finals rematch in store for us on Thursday. It's the Miami Heat in Miami. Hopefully, the Lakers will not be parting too much. You know, like Sean is traveling the clubs in Toronto. So hopefully we will go ahead and see a Laker win or at least a great game from the Lakers once again, like they did today. So hopefully we it's will go be a ahead win. And, well, we'll see. We'll see. No superstars but, on Miami. I'm sorry. Is Jimmy, I'm sorry. Is Jimmy Butler playing? Yeah. Then it's going to be a loss. It's a win. All right. Well. Nobody needs it. Nobody folks. I'm muting my I'm muting myself, Gerald. I'm muting myself. Yeah. How about that? It's the Lakers fast break. We will be back on Thursday for the postgame show against Miami. We truly appreciate everybody watching and listening as we jump the shark several times on today's podcast. But if you have any questions for us at Lakers Fast Break, at Laker Tom, or of course Lakerholics.com, be part of the conversation today. Want to thank, as always, our friends and also a very patient friends after listening to this at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Be a part of all the great, awesome, and truly terrific shows that they have at HoopHeadsPod.com. Of course, also support their sponsors and everything that you can do to help them out at HoopHeadsPod.com. Well, again, we will be back after a momentous episode today. I also have other conversations in store. Draft time is on the way. The championship game is done. Congratulations to Baylor. Now we're looking at the NBA draft. Wait, so wait what, happened, what happened to the Gonzaga? They lost to Baylor. Where have you been? Really? Oh, well, yes. Lost. I'm surprised you're so ornery. You didn't watch it last night? I didn't watch it. I love the score and I love the aftermath. Okay, choked, well, they choked the go. game away just like they should have. But the, the NBA draft. gods got even. But the, the NBA draft. got even. But the Karma NBA draft, okay, okay, basketball gods got it. Yes, yes, we get it, we get it. But the NBA draft is coming up, so I'm going to be having conversations upcoming with Rafael Barlow and Stone Hansen. They're coming back on the show here in the coming days as well. And hopefully we will go ahead and see you this Thursday after the game in Miami right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.